Sorry, I think I just <laughs> and yelled. now they're deaf. I can't hear the rest of the podcast. I'm just really excited. Tell them why we're excited. Audrey and I are back in the same room. Yes, it's been so long. It really has. It's been literally all of quarantine. Like, I've just been away. It's been like a solid three months. Yeah, it's um, a travesty. It's longer. She, she went to college an hour and a half away, I and I still saw her more than Literally. in quarantine. Yes, um, but I got to touch her face, and she she sounds just like the voice that you hear on the podcast and yeah. on the phone. It's, it's the like, same person. It's a real thing. It's, it's crazy. a real thing. I exist. Um. So we're back, and we're better. Yes, we have a very serious episode ahead of us, but first we're going to do a little catch up, a little what's been going on in our life, what's been going on in the world. Yeah. Start us off, Audrey. What's been going on in your life? Nothing much. You know, I've been doing the summer semester. Um, That's actually summer A is done this week. So wrapping that up. Yay. And I've recently been set free. Um, I've been cleared to go to houses and parks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here she is. Watch out, world. <laughs> yeah. Yep, back in my house. I know. You can't leave. I'll never leave. I mean, <laughs> I've been in my house for like as long as I need to be in any house ever. Like yeah. I've breached that quota. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you? I started a new job. Um... So I'm tired. She's got a cubicle. <laughs> I do have a cube. <laughs> so exciting to me. Um, a cube, a badge, um, you know, paperwork. The real official thing. <laughs> so She's a real fun. adult. A whole nine to five, except it's six thirty to three. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Something same thing, like same that. Thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what's been happening in my life, your life, and yeah. I mean, as you all know, the world has been falling apart. Uh, <laughs> Are falling falling together. Falling you know, together. we needed some change, some openness. There are some yes. things we need to work on. Very necessary change. Yeah. Before we um, get into um, the topic for today, we just wanted to mention um, what's happening in Yemen. If you don't know what's happening in Yemen, um, they're going... They're going through a lot. They are. <laughs> it's the um, biggest humanitarian <coughs> crisis ever. Yeah. Um, the pandemic hit them. They're having an epidemic. Epidemic. An epidemic. <laughs> I can speak. Um, and just a lot of prayers. If you're religious, please send right. them that way. Um, please sign all <laughs> the petitions you can find. Right. Um, and just keep them in your thoughts and your heart. And definitely <coughs> consider donating. Um, I know that, especially with foreign uh, things, it's kind of harder to get petitions and stuff like that to go through. So definitely try and donate as much as you can to the situation. Um, there are just like a lot of hungry people. And I think more than anything, like their people need basic needs right now. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so on to our topic for today. Yes. Um, we are going to talk about what it's like 
being black in America. (laughs) Our credibility. Hashtag oppressed. (laughs) (laughs) Our credibility for this episode comes from being being black black in in America. America. (laughs) So um, we're going to talk about our um, experiences, um, mainly through school and um, work life. And Mm -hmm. then we're going to talk about the Black Lives Movement as a whole and just kind of give you guys a more understanding on the message behind it. Um, If any of you guys are confused about any certain part of it, we hope this clears (coughs) it up and brings you to a better level of understanding. Yes, it's important to have those conversations, to hear from other black people, and hopefully this guy's this will give you guys an understanding of what it's like to be black in America, what, you know, the struggles we go through, et cetera, et cetera. But do keep in mind that we are not the spokesmen, the <laughs> spokespeople. Oh, yeah. gosh, how do you say that? For black people, like, yeah, we're n- everyone has a different experience. This yes, is just ours. Exactly. We're not the end all be all, um, but we do have a part. So, Audrey, yeah. start us off. Yeah, so... <laughs> I've pretty much been in predominantly white schools my entire life, yeah. as have you, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for seven years, I went to a private Christian school. It was pretty small. Uh, should we say names? I mean, sure. Sure. First Coast Christian School. <laughs> um, yeah, super cute. I mean, I, I went there from, like, kindergarten to sixth grade. So obviously when I entered the school, I was really young. Um, I didn't really take notice that everyone around me was white. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew everyone around me was white, but it wasn't a problem because race wasn't really an issue in my life yet. Really? Um, Like, I feel like that happens a lot. Like, same for me. I didn't really recognize race. I feel like as a child, you don't really, you just kind of play with everybody. Yeah. I mean, kids make comments, but it's like all surface level things. That's... Right. Kids make comments, but it was nothing, anything crazy. Um, Honestly, I loved it there. Like, I had grown up with everyone there. I knew how everything worked. I knew everybody. Um, It was was a good place. I liked it. It was definitely a bubble, though. (laughs) I think that (laughs) if I had stayed for, like, until 12th grade, because they do all through high school as well, I probably would have been a lot more sheltered. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely glad that my parents chose to um, put me into public school because I think there was a lot I was missing mm-hmm. in the education because a lot of it, a lot of issues they just kind of wouldn't address. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, oh, like, don't think about sex. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to educate you on it. Or mm-hmm. don't think <clears throat> about race so we're just not going to educate you on like all the race struggles in which sounds like the start of a problem (laughs) exactly like ignoring it is never really the best way to address it but that's kind of how they went about it um and then I went to Darnell Cookman for (laughs) middle school and that was a bit of culture shock for me and by a bit I mean a lot (laughs) it's just so Darnell is predominantly I'd say predominantly black. I yeah. think I looked up the demographics and it was like 45% black, I want to say. It was like black, Asian, white, and then like smaller numbers of Hispanics and um, other things. So 
for Darnell, it was more like, you're not black enough. Ugh. That's when we started to be introduced to, hmm, you kind of talk white or you oh, dress God. white. And that was like, okay, so technically, I guess it's not racism. Yeah. But it's kind of built into our mindsets it's- that... Black people are, for some reason, supposed to be a certain way. And if you do things this way, it's white. Mm -hmm. So. It's kind of part of systemic racism. Right. It is. And it was coming from, like, other black people. Yeah. It was also coming from some white people. I will say that. But a lot of it was coming from other black people, which kind of made me resent our community a bit. I will say that. Um, I know at one point, I think my sister asked me, like, if I would ever go to an HBCU in middle school. And I was like, I can't. I'm not black enough. And she was like, don't ever (laughs) anyone tell you that you're not black enough. Because that was just my mindset. Like, that's what I had constantly been hearing. And I was like, oh, I don't really fit in with a certain kind of people. But, Mm -hmm. you know, later I would come into myself more and I would realize that being black isn't what you're wearing or what you're drinking or what you're doing. Like, it's your culture. It's your heritage. You know, it's yeah. your race. It's mm-hmm. who you are. So there was that. <clears throat> um, and then I think we should talk about Stan together. I went to Darnell, too. Why don't we talk about Darnell? Today? That's true. <laughs> I guess I'll just go ahead and talk about Stan. Yeah. And then um, Stan. So that's majority white. It's, like, over 50% white. Really? And then, yeah. Huh. And then the next is Asian. I think that was, like, 30-something percent. And then black was, like... I'm not going to say black was the lowest. Hispanic is the lowest. Ooh. But black was probably next. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's con- It was considered the most diverse, I think. Out of, yeah, most high schools. Yeah, it's... It was diverse, um, a lot of it was microaggressions, I would say. Mm-hmm. It wasn't big, like, like obvious racism, but mm-hmm. it was just small things. Like, let me touch your hair. Like, your hair feels like a cloud or, like, yeah. just passive things. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to think. More stuff like you talk white, you dress white, whatever. Mm-hmm. And just other microaggressions I can't think of exactly right now. But that was most of that. Also, we were kind of like the token black girls. Yeah. Like. (laughs) It was like. (laughs) Everyone called us black girl magic. But like we gave us. We gave ourselves that name. Yeah. We had like a Scrabble day and we coordinated it. So Mm -hmm. like every girl in our group had like a letter. Yeah. And we spelled out black girl magic. And it just kind of stuck from there. Yeah. And. We kind of stuck together because we were pretty much the only black girls. Yeah. To be honest. Like, and we just, like, related to each other. And we had known each other in middle school. So, like, it's just what happened. Yeah. But it's not like we didn't interact with other groups or other type of people. Mm -hmm. We just somehow became, like, the token black girls. But, I mean, there wasn't a big black population to start with. Yeah. So, that's probably why. So, it's kind of just, like, (laughs) the... The only big group of black girls right. just hanging out together and yeah, we're just hanging out together. Yeah, and um, yeah, but most of the shady stuff that happened in high school was like behind closed doors. It really like was. you would see stuff on like people's fences of them like saying the n word or like 
singing to the n-word or just sketchy stuff um but I didn't really associate with those people so it's not like it directly affected me but definitely saw it um and now I go to the University of Florida (laughs) another predominantly white school huge predominantly white I'd just like to put out there that um in high school I forgot what year asked Audrey if she was going to go to UF, she was like, oh, I would never. I really She was like, that. I don't want to go to a Stanton 2.0. <laughs> I was and like, oh, <laughs> she, was like, she was like, no, I'm just, I just want something different. And I was like, yeah. okay, something different. Here she I is. Mean, yeah. I, I just didn't want to be in debt for college. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Completely understandable. It honestly worked out the best as far <clears throat> as like scholarships and stuff went. So And it's a good school, nonetheless. Yeah, it's a good school, but the population is like 6% black, Mm -hmm. which is really bad. And, like, it's really questionable because I – it's just kind of hard for me to believe that you only could find the small amount of black people that fit your standards. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of weird. Uh, microaggressions are rampant. I will say that. <laughs> a lot of ignorant people. There's a lot of lack of diversity in Greek life, student government, literally everything but football, which is most SEC schools. Yeah. Um, that and there's only 6% to choose from, so. Right. You're not going to see them everywhere. <laughs> exactly. You're going to see them at any, like, black function. But if it's not a black function, then you're going to have to look for them. Um... And the N-word is a big issue for some reason. Like, at parties and stuff, everyone's just like, like, they don't they don't think to skip it. And I'm like, did you just, what? <laughs> do, we just, do, do we do that here? Again, there's only 6% of black people, so there's no one to check them. Or exactly. Or explain the oppression behind the word. Exactly. Um, I saw this, this is tangent, um, but I saw this um, tweet that someone was just like skater dudes be like say that you can't wear a thrasher shirt <laughs> yeah. if you're not if you're not if, a skater if you're not a skater but they still don't understand why they can't say the n word it's like like mm, um literally like, the exact same reason you can say the n word why can't i say it you're saying it and i'm like what <laughs> I don't get your logic, baby. Please, <laughs> please explain. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my experience. Um, maybe I'll go into more details with stories later. But yeah. that is my overall outline. Yeah. What about you, friend? So, um, I went to, as well, predominantly white um, schools. Or I do go to. Um, but um, in elementary school, I guess I didn't. As, like, I said earlier, I didn't really pay attention to race. Um, I didn't know what it meant, like, like what it looked like to celebrate my race. Um, I just right. kind of understood that I looked different. Because um, my friends would point out, I have really curly hair, and it's wild, yeah. and it's everywhere. So they would point that out, and it made me feel uncomfortable. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I remember in first grade, this girl was like, you have really big lips. And I was like... You have really small lips. 
and the teacher was like you guys shouldn't be commenting about that blah 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 like why would you say that I was just like she called my lips big like and hers are small we're we're making observations right Um, side note keep going Um, so I just knew that I looked different, um, than all of my friends, um, play into that. I was also like five feet tall. Yes. Um, (laughs) You were the tall girl. I've I've been tall until high school and then everybody started growing. Right. We just had to like get to your level, babe. (laughs) Yeah. But up and, but up until then I was just literally people called me the jolly green giant. It was so hurtful. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I hate kids. (laughs) They're so mean. (laughs) It kind of, um, led to me. There was also like the, um, we're just gonna go into middle school too. Mm -hmm. Um, because it kind of like carried on into middle school. Yeah. Um, completely into eighth grade, but I straightened my hair a lot. My really kinky, my really, really curly hair straightened it every single day. Really? Um, every single day in elementary school I could. Um, and then the days when I my mom told me I had to wear it curly because mm-hmm. I was burning my hair, I straightened my bangs. By the way, we went to the same middle school. <laughs> yes, we both went to Darnell. <laughs> yeah, we had mutuals, but, like, we weren't close. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, yeah. we didn't get close until high school. Yeah, like last year of high school. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's when we got really, really close. I but, know. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So my middle school experience, um, it kind of carried into that, um, straightening my hair, Mm -hmm. um, kind of, I didn't understand what it meant to be black and like Audrey, I talked white, um, I acted white. You can't see my air quotes. We're putting quotations, y'all. But they're there. It's not Um, a thing. It's really not a thing. There's no such thing as talking white or acting white. Don't let people say that to you. Um... And then I also really didn't feel like I belonged because I'm um, half Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So it was like identity crisis on top of identity right. crisis. And I was like, I don't know which one to be. You don't right. have to choose if you are mixed. Not to mention the Hispanic um, community is <clears throat> so small. Really like non <laughs> Literally. Um, and... Um, and then, like, I had to hide my hair, so I just didn't, I didn't choose to be either, and then I just morphed into hiding every, I don't know, I just kind of fit right. into the, I'm not black, I don't really have, like, the right to that culture, which mm-hmm. is completely untrue. So if you're having those thoughts, like, there, you, if your skin is brown, if you're Sorry, if you're black, if you're African American, <laughs> then you have every right to the culture. Like it's your to, heritage. It is it's your like culture. It's learn your where life. you come from, celebrate where you come from, exactly. find out what celebrating where you come from looks like. Right. Um. <clears throat> so that's kind of where I was. I was very um insecure and hiding everything. I feel mm. like we're all insecure in some aspect. At that time, at that age. Ugh, middle school is the worst. <laughs> really I is. hated really middle is. school. I was just um, like, what is this? <laughs> Who am I? But um, I definitely felt like I had to act a certain way so I wouldn't get labeled right. a certain way. Because it literally all goes into systemic racism. Black is bad. It's really not. But that's that's what's con- that's where you're, how you're conditioned to think. Right. Um, 
So in high school um, was my first time, like, uh, appreciating where I come came from. Right. Um, I learned the joy of being black. For sure. <laughs> like, fully. Um, and I learned to not hide myself behind um, things that I thought would, like, right. protect, like, correct speech. I think and having... things like that. A group of um, black girlfriends was really helpful to you. It really was. Because I think we, like, found ourselves within each other. Mm -hmm. We were able to, like, stand in solidarity. It wasn't like there's one token black girl or just one black girl that's kind of out. It was, like, like, all of us together. We have, like, shared experiences. Like, like, we're all completely different. Right. Um, in Very our own people. in our own sense, and I'm so thankful I had all of those girls in high school because for sure they, <laughs> I don't know they, what I would have been doing I or who I would have been so hanging lost out with because like like when slavery is mentioned in a classroom, I cannot I don't know how to explain all of the eyes that turn and look <laughs> at you, especially if you're the only black person in class. It's so uncomfortable. It's like Brandon, what do you want me to tell like, you? Like I wasn't our, there. <laughs> yeah, eh, like our um. High school in, um, history teacher in junior year made us um, pick cotton. Yeah. Or no, he gave us the option to. If you didn't want to, you didn't have to. He brought in but cotton. But everybody was looking looking at us like, is this okay? And it's just like, no. am I, like, I don't, like, uh, like, this is I don't. not show and tell. like, how, I don't, I just know words, but, right. like, if I didn't have such a amazing group of girlfriends who understood right. everything i was going through I don't know who I then like to. who would i talk to like right because obviously we had like white friends and friends of all different ethnicities and backgrounds mm-hmm. but there is something to be said about a shared experience in race it is there's definitely. just some conversations that you have with a fellow black woman that mm-hmm. you can't have with other people like yeah it just is like a like a mutual understanding. I feel like right. you can still have the conversation. You can For sure. you can share your experience, um, but that you know that other person. Like I know when I talk to you about mm-hmm. race, that you can feel in your stomach how that right. feels. You can empathize. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um. So, I mean, Stan was diverse in its way. Yeah, um, and it, it compared to other high schools, I would say it's mm-hmm. the most diverse. They they do talk about race a lot, um, and culture. There are right. there are there are people um, who make make jokes out of it and um, right. don't fully understand the impact of their words. There's always ignorance, um, but you know we can with every conversation, and I would say like. Our administration did a good job at handling those, like, like handling sounds so, uh, but they did like have conversations with the people who did them, whether it was received or not, I can't speak to, um, but they did a good job at making sure that the person knew that it was not okay what they did. They didn't handle everything great. I will say that they some of the administration is really shady yeah um but for the most part uh culture was celebrated like yeah differences were there are always those um like there were some there are some cases where people got away with things yeah and they like looked 
like, I don't know. I feel like when you look at black students, especially black students that hang out in a group, it's like automatic mm-hmm. threat. So right. sometimes it was like we're sitting at the table and it's just like you're being too loud you're being too loud oh my like, gosh we were like, just laughing yeah like like, um, like someone told a joke and that was the first time we've laughed loud right. like i don't and understand. you know how black people laugh like we spread out and stuff like that like you just have to sometimes it's that funny you have to laugh with <laughs> your whole body to feel the whole joke and they're just like hey hey why are you being loud up here blah blah, blah. and i'm yeah, like, it's like okay you don't see those people over there like yeah so um there were there instances but um for the most part they did a good job um college college experience i go to the university of north florida swoop swoop nation i love how i didn't say go gators go gators uh, <laughs> wow um <laughs> we're we're bulldogs here we only we only tolerate. I don't even Audrey. want to talk about we only that. Tolerate, Audrey. tolerate. Okay. <laughs> Go dogs. Oh, funny how that works. Anyway, see our differences make us stronger. Sure. <laughs> okay, I go to the university. I'm sorry, you have bad North- choices. <laughs> what? Okay, we're not. We're not gonna end the back to Swoop here. Nation. Um, they're nine point seven percent black. Um, ooh, almost 10. Wow, three more than Florida. <laughs> if we round up, if we round up, it's True. 10. It's 10. Um, so I, you can really tell that it's predominantly white um, when you're walking down like the campus. Um, I've never felt really uncomfortable there. Um, I think it's because I had, I've had the background that I've had that I'm used to being around. Right. Um, PWI like is a, a lot lifestyle of, at this point. Yeah, I'm used to being around a lot of people who don't look like me. Um, it's, but I, in my second semester, I tried to do a job, a, a better job at finding people that look like me because sometimes you have to search. Um, if anybody is in college or you're in a space where you don't, find people like you mm-hmm. i would say that community is important to have um for sure it's not the m- most important thing but it is something that could add to your enjoyment right. um so i would say <laughs> seek those things or find some people that look like you so yeah. i joined the bsu um and it was a really good space of um like where they just talked about the history of unf and um, just, like, what they've been through and how right. far the BSU has come. And it was, like, it wasn't always history and heavy topics. Like, there were definitely fun breakouts. But right, it was right. it's good <laughs> to just be around um, some people that can kind of understand where mm-hmm. you've been through. At least for me, it was a whole new experience. And then, like, new friends. You meet their friends and then... You make more friends. And, right. um <clears throat> I honestly hadn't seen a lot of black people on campus until I went to a BSU meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Same. So I was just like, where no. they at? I was like, y'all go here? I had no what? idea. I had no idea. Literally, because um, the campuses are so big and it's just yeah. like, depending on your schedule, who's to say who you're going to see? Yeah. I met a girl um, she was at BSU and she was in my anatomy class all year. And right. I had no idea. Right. <laughs> and then now, like, now I see her. And, like, it's, 
like it's great um so i never had any open racism to me directly while i've been here and i hope i never do um god forbid there's like there's a weird awareness of um like you're around people who don't look like you who might have preconceived thoughts about you and you can't do anything about it Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely normal, and it's just something that you have to work. Or well, at this current moment, it's a thing we have to live with. But we can be better about making our thoughts vocal, or maybe changing their mindset of like what they've always right. thought. Because if someone's always thought something. They're always going to think it until they learn something different. Right. So it starts with a conversation. I've also noticed that a lot of people <clears throat> in these spaces, they find certain black people non-threatening. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people are more receptive to black people that look a certain way. But like, let's say somebody with like dreads came in or something that was more... Um, What is associated with being black yeah. or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you would see them treat them completely different. Yeah. And that always surprises me because I'm like, hmm, okay, you have an issue with this black person, but I'm not a threat to you. And I'm yeah. just like, there's something wrong over there with that. Yeah. Um, that's some it's underlying well. racism. You yeah. can't pick and choose. Like, every person right. is every person, and they should get the opportunity to make themselves know whether who they are or who they aren't. Right. Um, yeah. So, we're going to move on from our personal experiences, um, <laughs> kind of more into um, the movement itself, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, so um, I guess we can start by talking about a need for diversity in the media and a need for representation. Um, We kind of touched on this in our Women Supporting Women episode. We talked about the importance of representation. Please go watch it. Yes, Or listen to it. Yes, please, please. Um, But without representation... A lot of these people aren't seeing themselves in mainstream media and it's portraying an America that is not really America because there is a lot of black people. And if you're leaving out a whole like a whole community of people, you're not really portraying the right stories. Definitely. Um, so Hollywood is obviously not very inclusive. There need to be more black leads. And I will say another thing. Um, a lot of black movies are about black struggle. Yes. I just want to see more movies where we're happy. Yeah. Please. I want to see more black coming like, of age films and I want to see more. Oh my gosh. That would you be know, amazing. Girls night out type B and yeah. stuff like that. Stuff where we're just. Like just living life. Like we're it, just people. Like honestly, I think because black people are portrayed always in a struggle and always in this um kind of you have to fight for your life um you're in the hood and you have to like find your way out through always Mm -hmm. drug dealing or gang banging Mm -hmm. 
Which are important stories to tell. They are important stories and they are a part of people's histories and lives. They're not the only story, though. And if this is the only story out there, the only story getting told, then that's the only story that people are seeing. So that's going to be their first thought when they see a black person. And it's like... I don't know. Maybe maybe we can talk about something besides our race in our film. I'd like to see a black coming of age movie. Now that you said like, it, like I, I want it to be done. Like that's my favorite genre. But I just noticed that I'm constantly watching white kids grow up and I'm like, but what about the black kids in the burbs? They're there too. <laughs> they are. And they're, they're always just they're few, but they're there. And they're always just the best friend. Yeah. Or maybe the love interest if you're lucky. But it's like what if we were the main character? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I'd like to see you direct it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do that. We'll get my sister to do it, though. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my take. More more representation. Um, we are going to move into talking about rioting and looting. And yeah. Stuff. We're just going to touch base on... Um, some of the our opinions on some things of yeah. the movement. I know a lot of people use rioting and looting as like a comeback, so we're just gonna rebuttal that. Yeah, um, kind of talk <laughs> about. Um, let's start it off with. I I personally mm-hmm. don't agree with looting and violent riots. Completely, like I I don't think you should tear down things or destroy things to be heard. But I can 100% understand where they come from. They come from a place of anger and frustration, a place where not being heard gets tiring and then, mm-hmm. it, ex- and then it escalates to a louder volume. And this is a louder volume. That's the problem. That you're <laughs> That people are talking about rioting and looting, only that it's bad and not as that it's a symptom of a problem, a bigger exactly. issue. Um, the problem with only pointing out the looting is that you miss the reason for the revolution. You're completely revolution. ignoring it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, I saw this Instagram poster. I'm pretty sure it's it's been up there a lot, um, but it said... Judging a demonstration by its most violent participants, but not judging a, po- but not judging the police force by its most violent cops. It's the language of the oppressor. Hello, somebody. It's the language of the oppressor. You're you are choosing to focus on this part of the issue, and mm-hmm. y- like this really, like it's not. To avoid being held accountable and addressing the actual issue. Really? Like, you're, like, so quick to be like, oh, the looting is so bad. The looting is so bad. All of the cops are amazing. All of the cops are amazing. You can't acknowledge that some of the cops are bad. Right. Like, I don't I don't think all of the cops are bad, but I can see that some of them are pretty terrible. No, good majority. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> They're out there. Yeah. They're out there. So, I just want to start by saying, things can be replaced. Lives cannot. And I just feel like that's the most basic, do you care about human lives or do you not? Um, You sitting here talking about stuff and going on and on about these things that can be replaced by insurance and 
whatever else. It's just completely ignoring the actual problem. Um, the rioting and looting is, it's not happening because we just got mad last week. Like, it's not like we realized, oh, we are oppressed in like yeah. a week. And then we just decided to go out on the streets and riot and loot. Like Black Lives not Matter started to be a movement in 2016. And racism in America has forever been existent. Like, like it's always been in existence. It's just really come to play at this point in time. In age, 2020, it's a year for change. And the thing about a lot of these protests is a lot of them do start as peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them do escalate. And I just feel like I'm not justifying the rioting and looting. But we have every right to destroy a country that rebuilt, that we built. We literally built this country on our backs, with our hands. So I just don't want to hear the argument anymore. Like, I just don't want to hear it because you're ignoring that people are dying and you're over here worried about Target. It's um of all places. <clears throat> like yeah. your thirteen year old daughter isn't stealing from the dollar section. Oh. Oh. I see that all the time. It's self checkout. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, mm, let's be for real. <laughs> um, like literally, like you're trying to take something that's like hurting people and then just focus on this one issue because this one issue makes you comfortable because it's a story that's been reinforced to you your whole life. Exactly. That black people are evil, that what they do is evil, that they're they're just violent creatures. Right. And like literally a tale's old at this time and that's where you feel the most comfortable. I feel like we keep saying you because we're <laughs> talking to it's not you, fits. but like <laughs> if you've heard this narrative or if someone is like is focusing on this they're comfortable in their position and hopefully they're getting a little uncomfortable now right not to mention that a lot of the people that do come for protest usually aren't trying to riot and loot um a lot of times it is a separate group of people and sometimes people are hired hot take i recently learned that i didn't like hired to like escalate the protests and stuff like that so that the police can retaliate because they i don't think they technically can retaliate until like somebody hits them or somebody does something to them so yeah i didn't even think about that that's Mm -hmm. all shading Mm -hmm. oh um so um we're gonna talk systemic racism yes so um aka america (laughs) <laughs> it's a fact it's a fact that more black people are in jail um there are more poor black people there are more black people uneducated there are more black people that die every year if you hit me with more white people are arrested that's because more black people get pi- get killed hello while being like in the process of getting arrested they're killed which is the whole movement do not hit me with more white people get arrested don't hit her with it because i'm gonna have to get you after that (laughs) wait just kidding Uh, wait they might be scared of that logic oh oh my gosh i'm a threatening angry black woman what will i do (laughs) um so these are all facts and there are two options for why this is one you think black people are more violent so they're in jails more They're lazy, which is why they're poor. They're dumb or they don't apply themselves, which is why they're uneducated. 
and they're just reckless, which is why they just die every year. Mm. If you believe that, like, if you just, like, this is why, this is this, you mm-hmm. know, they're not just applying themselves. Right. You're racist. By definition of and you're sy- ignorant. systematic, systemic. Um, systemic racism. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> systemic racism. <laughs> like, you're racist. That's, that's by definition. Um, the second option is that the system is geared to have this effect, which means that the, there there's something wrong with the system, with the system that tells you it's okay to um, comment on a child's lips or touch her hair right. or tell her that she talks white or... I mean, um, systems <laughs> being all our systems, our education system, like obviously our police force. If you look up professional hairstyles for Literally. men... They're all white men. Media. If you look up unprofessional hairstyles for men, they're all black men. Like, it goes deep. It runs deep. The fact that everything bad is labeled black, black male, black black male, black sheep of the family. The devil's food cake is chocolate, but the angel's food cake is vanilla. Right. A black hole, a black list. Like, you... We're, you're being groomed. <laughs> you are. Yeah. We we should open our eyes to um, maybe things that have had a long-lasting effect on us. Exactly. Um, for everybody that thinks this started last <clears throat> week, you're blind. Open your eyes. Um, racism in America. Maybe not blind, but just, like, unaware. Because, like, you can, That's like, true. if you're definitely, if you have Well, I feel like they're aware because they're seeing it. You're just well, you're seeing to it be now. blind to it at this point. Uh, They've are... seen it before. Come on. Some people are really sheltered. They can. You must be Amish. <laughs> even the Amish were at the protest. So that's not even an excuse anymore. I mean, some people, <laughs> some they live in a bubble. And you can choose to see what you want to see. And you can paint a picture with what has been told, what has what you have been told like if i guess that's true but you need to try harder to pop that bubble i don't know now now that you are equipped and you see that there's being changed maybe it's time to change with it hopefully please maybe (laughs) there is no please it's a do or die (laughs) um so (laughs) racism has literally been built into america's systems it's been built into our education system it's been built into the police force it's been built into the judicial system. It's been built into our constitution. Like, when the like, constitution was signed, there were still slaves. Exactly. So when, when the Bill of Rights was just like, who are the people? Even in the 13th what Amendment, people? when it was like, we're abolishing slavery, except by imprisonment of wrongdoings or something yeah so they're just like okay slavery is over but like i can turn you into a slave once i put you into prison hello modern day uh, slavery Where hello, do you think- institutionalized racism <laughs> prison system <clears throat> so but yeah um <laughs> you have to look at the bigger picture you can't just look at it like you can't just look at it as the black matters, black, the black, black lives matter movement, or just look at it like the police force is bad. You have to evaluate 
every part of America's systems, every part of our media, it's we're being groomed. We're being groomed. We're being led to believe that black people lives don't matter, that black people are this or that. They're, they're this way because they choose to be this way. Right. And they're feeding you a false narrative. And like, it's time to change it. It's yeah. Like every it's time like to if it. you think about it, every single street that's called MLK Street is in a poor, predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah, it's usually it's downtown. It's very sad. It's very sad. Also with this MLK um argument where people are like, Well, MLK protested peacefully. Um, he was peaceful, but do y'all remember when they were spraying them with water hoses and when they were being attacked by police and like on their end, sure they were peaceful, but there was still violence going on. Yes. Like either way, the violence wasn't coming from them, but the violence was happening. Yes. Yeah. So let's reevaluate um our view on the world. Let's What's do been that. happening? Our environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative prejudicial slights and insults towards any group, particularly culturally marginalized groups. So, <clears throat> microaggressions usually just aren't blatant racism. It's usually just underlying racist comments that a lot of times I feel like people don't realize are racist. Yeah. But they are. Um, there are... Um, they don't even have to be, like... Um, racist either microaggressions are just oppressive in any way in this current current sense and this um, topic we're talking um, about racial microaggressions um, the words you say have power just know that um, a microaggression that I've encountered a lot in my life was make sure like you look neat or something like that like make sure your hair looks neat um it's very right. unruly and wild and or like curly and all the girls but. in the cheerleading team are straightening their hair and doing this ponytail make sure you straighten yours too yeah we did hair pieces in cheerleading that's cute <laughs> but um those hurt so bad um but in like saying that make sure your hair looks neat implies that my hair isn't acceptable the way it is um the the way it comes um in the moment it doesn't hurt that bad but when you're thinking about it when you're waking up the next day thinking how should I do my hair um it can really make you look at yourself differently um I I personally for work um wear my hair in a bun um I feel like it it's more professional. I mean, yeah, that's the narrative it's, I feed you. I um like I want to be taken seriously, mm -hmm. um, and I know that in the past it's gotten in my way of communication, which is sad, mm -hmm. truly sad that my hair has gotten in the way of talking to someone. Right. Um, but when it's pulled back and I look more serious or mature i guess they or professional it. then you know they're like yeah. okay i can handle your blackness today yeah 
And um, like, girl, you look like you're trying to be us, even though I'm trying to be myself. There's right. no. That's something else I think needs to change. Professionalism and the idea behind it, because a lot of that is also racist, like black guys not being able to have dreads in certain settings. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some dreads that aren't kept look bad, but dreads yeah. that are... But dreads that are kept, yeah, and, like I, I you mean, do most the of them work really to, are. to like, um, like make them look nice. They're nice. Um. So yeah, that's a big thing. And then afros in general, like I know that's a big thing in some workplaces. Mm-hmm. Um. And then in school, when the girl has like the big hair and it's distracting, and it's oh my gosh, I, I can I cannot school. count the times. Where someone's like, I can't see past your hair. And I was like, Well, that's too bad. Maybe get some glasses, Billy. That was a great story. I know. That's <laughs> fine. I really don't care. <laughs> I'm going to stop censoring myself for people. Okay. I like that. Um, <laughs> things like saying color people time, <laughs> microaggression. Um, like, even if like it's a thing that, like, black people do say it's still a microaggression Mm -hmm. it's like implying that you're always late you can't like keep time you're unprofessional basically excuse me i'm always on time because i'm anxious literally try again literally audrey i told i told audrey to be here at four she was here at 358 like i just have to leave early (laughs) or i don't know i just I have to do it. And then when you don't do that, you're just like, oh, wow. They make a big deal about you being on time. Yeah. Oh, "Oh." my gosh. You're on time. Like, she hasn't been on time every single day. Like, I'm always on time. Don't try me. Like, that's a microaggression. So, those are microaggressions. Yeah. Don't do that. It's a a micro called a micro, but they're big. It doesn't mean it it doesn't have a big implication. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so next we're going to talk about All Lives Matter and the issue with saying that. Um, (laughs) If you're, like, dog, if you're saying All Lives Matter and you really believe that, then you wouldn't have a problem with saying that Black Lives Matter. It's not an omission. We're not saying that other people's lives don't matter. We're just saying that this group of people are not being recognized exactly. as people that are deserving of life. Therefore, we need to remind you that our lives matter. Like it's it's a like black saying black lives matter is a call for compassion. Compassion means to struggle with. It's not a call for competition. Competition Ooh. means to um like strive with. I'm I don't we're not like I don't want to compete against you. I don't want to compete for our voices to be heard. I'm saying my voice isn't going to be heard, and I want you to struggle with me. I want you to help me to find a solution to this problem, to support my solution, to be an advocate, to start having these conversations with someone who may have thought the way you thought before you met a black person and you Mm -hmm. understood their story. Um or to understand maybe you are a black person and you can start sharing your story and having those conversations. I don't want to compete against 
Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Duh, I didn't all realize lives the matter. Smurfs were in trouble. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Blue, blue. Co- oh, I know. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's not a thing. <laughs> like they're, like they like. You can. Um, we know all lives matter. Right. It's it's not even like like duh duh. All if lives you're saying matter. all lives matter, you're just being dismissive and you're not listening. It's, it's it's asking you to see the blatant disregard for the black lives by the police force, particularly, um, and then ask you to help make a change. Compassion, <laughs> not competition. Exactly. It's like the analogy where the house is on fire. Someone in the neighborhood's house is on fire. And everybody's like, oh, let's go help the house that's on fire and get water for it and all that other stuff. And then another neighbor is like, but what about my house? Why aren't you watering my house? And the girl asks her, is your house on fire? Well, no. Then why would we be helping your house? Like, I'm sorry I had to dumb it down for y'all like that, but some people really that don't understand. Dumbed down. It was just like a different understanding. I heard like the doctor. A different understanding. The doctor okay. analogy like of it. Like if I go to the doctor for like my knee hurts. Mm-hmm. And I really think there's something with my knee. Like, it's not in its socket. I don't know. <laughs> Why does that happen to me several times with my, with my um, shoulder? Oh. It pops out of place all the time. Anyway. Maybe I should have used the shoulder. Anyway, <laughs> my knee my knee hurts a lot. Like, it's bruised. It's like there's something wrong with my knee. And then you go into the doctor. <clears throat> doctor's office um (laughs) (laughs) yes and you like say hey doc like my knee hurts and he hits you with the let me check out your arm like let me see what's wrong with your arm and it's just like bro that's not the problem my knee is all busted up like why are you checking out like my arm it's fine has full range of motion it's not audrey's arm we're fine exactly i'm not Um, gonna be like look at my knee look at my knee my knee is fine yeah like yeah so maybe that helps you get a different picture of the implications behind that um when you do say all lives matter in this climate in this text it's a blatant omission or disregard of the actual problem itself. Right. Which, um, it's just another way to change the conversation. Yes. So, um, we're gonna like move into some solutions that we think, Mm -hmm. um, would help. So as far as the police go, which is honestly the biggest thing we're dealing with right now, Um, I suggest we defund and heavily reform the police defund because a lot, a lot of the budgets for police forces are huge. And the fact that y'all have money to bring in tanks to a civilian protest, like what do you need a tank for? And why do y'all have all these like assault rifles and things like that? Mm -hmm. I feel like if your job is to regulate, um, domestic life or whatever, you probably um, don't need a tank. And civilians, Maybe like, they you don't them. need that. Oh. I, mean, like, I... Oh, I think it was military force. But still, like, why do we have so much money for the police when most people don't have weapons that could really hurt them like that? Like, I think a taser would 
do, do the, the job because yeah. I mean you're not fighting against Hulk. I'd want to know who <laughs> funds know. the police. Like who? Like do they get outside funding? Because that can be a problem if you're funded from uh-huh. people who have a certain mindset. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that there needs to be a reform to the. Um, Heavily reformed. Um, It needs to be harder to become a police person. (laughs) Um, Better training. Than just a high school diploma. Because that's all you need, a high school diploma Mm -hmm. and some training in an academy or whatever. Um, I'd like them to have some mental health screenings by a licensed professional who doesn't have any type of affiliation to the police. Right. And regular ones as well. And um, an intensive course about what systemic um, an intensive course about um, systemic racism and its effects. Um, just kind of have those like big picture wise, right. a good reform, like, like a true heart intention <coughs> behind this reform about wanting to do better, right. to have this because like I. I can't even imagine, like, someone's polarizing mindset that you would think to see every single black person as a threat. Mm-hmm. It's scary. You and shouldn't have that job. Like, the first Period. time, like, and it's it shouldn't be a widespread fear. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I got pulled over by a cop, um, he pulled me over for... Like, no reason at all. He said, like, my registration was overdue, but... It was like a week, like I had a week to do it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't overdue. He right. was like, "I'm just gonna give you a warning." But he pulled, like he, like I was just, I pulled into a parking spot and he came just right behind me, and um, he was very intimidating. Like just mm. like made me feel completely bad. First he like ran, took my license and registration, ran my plates and. Um, like started asking me all these questions if I own this car because it was in my mom's name. Um and yeah, it was scary. I cried. Yeah. I cried I after too. he left because he couldn't see me cry because I'm hard. <laughs> um, We're hard around here. <laughs> but it was it was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Honestly I think before we start college we have like a bunch of different like many courses to take it's just like okay this is your oop, drug and alcohol course and then there's one about like sexual assault and i think we should just add one about racism because that's something that really needs to be addressed definitely now um and more personally you can start having heart-to-heart conversations Ooh, this is the one um with the people around you if you're black um start maybe asking some questions or leaving it open that people know that they can come to you. Um, and if you're not black, uh, asking like questions, if you don't understand, if this didn't help you fully understand, you're more than welcome to come to Audrey and I, um, to have a conversation with us about, anything you want to talk about about this topic or you know anything in general you're having a day podcast first though (laughs) because if you come to me with the all lives matter argument i will shut down i'm sorry the 
Mom, white people are messy. Babe, I'm tired of hearing of it. I'm tired of hearing um, about it. So really just um, have the conversation, ask the questions, um, yes. and get resources. Like, well, there's a link in our Instagram bio. Yeah, there's a link in our Instagram bio. <clears throat> um, the day this comes out, I'm probably going to put some more resources on our Instagram. So <laughs> follow us, babe. Yeah, get um, educated there. Yeah. Um, it's a good place to start. Um, yeah. Donate. Talk to people. Yeah, that was pretty much all my <clears throat> final thoughts. Just educate yourself. Don't wait for people to... Don't wait for people to force you to. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for it to come about in school. Do it yourself. Do the work. Um, and then, honestly, a lot of the stuff in school, they're not even talking about the real issues or... They're not talking about the deep systemic racism in America. So it's kind of up to you, unfortunately. Um, Research before you donate. Donating is great, but um, some some organizations I've heard are a little shady. Um, And then have the conversations, like you said. And obviously, most importantly, um, especially all my black queens and kings out there, take care of your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, This can be a really... Trying really time. Stra- Ooh, straining time. You guys, uh. I downloaded this piano like tile game <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> so whenever Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter get too much, I play this tile game. Right. And it's pretty fun. It's very entertaining. Yeah. It takes my mind off of it. Um, make sure you that you're not being all consumed by the hate. Um, right that's honestly been the biggest thing for me like just trying not to harvest that anger Mm -hmm. because that can really change you if you hold on to it definitely it really can and it will make the conversations that much harder to Mm -hmm. have because then you're approaching someone with hate in your heart and that's not going to be the way to start any type of change so make sure you're prepared you're you've done the work on yourself to have these conversations that lead to an actual place and not just this five steps back. Right. And if people are not willing to listen to you and you're having a conversation and you know they're not listening to you and they're not taking anything in, you have every right to step away. Yes. Because you don't deserve anyone your peace. You do not have to sacrifice your peace exactly. to educate anyone. Yeah. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. Um, take care of yourself. Yeah. We love you. We love you. <laughs> um, we really thank you and appreciate you for listening to this episode. We yeah. hope you um, gained some understanding from it. Thanks for listening if to If you our have any opinions. questions, comments, concerns, or really anything that's on your mind, if you have been feeling overwhelmed and you need someone to talk to, um, Audrey and I are here to listen to you. Hit us up on our Instagram. My DMs are always open. Um, <laughs> our um, Instagram, Twitter. Yes, at WTAI Podcast. WTAI Podcast. And if you're feeling it, leave a <clears throat> rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You know, follow us, subscribe. That'd really help. We'd love you a lot. Um, yeah, that's about it. So, yeah. 
Hit us up on social media. Go fight racism, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. More, more, wait. This Friday, um, June 19th is Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Oh, yeah. Um, it's um, <laughs> the freeing of the slaves. Um, a lot of people are just now hearing about it. I think the first time I heard about it was in middle school. That was my yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, middle school. On, like, Instagram or yeah, something. I was just like, "What is this?" We made up a holiday. I was like, "I'm down." I'm I knew down. July Fourth. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Um, so celebrate. Maybe your celebration could be actually having that conversation or actually listening to this episode because that's pretty great. <laughs> yes. Um. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next. We'll talk about it Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.